Well, hey folks, this is John coming to you from the head of the bed. Today we're going to talk about tips for the job hunt, how to promote oneself as a new grad CRNA. So a little background on this topic, uh, the anesthesia program where I went to school at Western Carolina University assigned senior students to serve as mentors or big sisters and brothers, as we call it, to junior students. And my little sister in the program, she's about six months from graduating, and recently she asked me two incredibly important questions that we wanted to address today. What resources are available in preparing a CV, and what's the best way to promote oneself as a new grad? Now, while her and I have already talked about this, I thought a response on the podcast to these questions might help other SRNAs who are having the same questions. And to help me get to the heart of this topic, I thought who better to ask than my CRNA colleague, who also happens to be my boss, John Bradstreet. So we're here in his office today, and uh, John leads the large group of CRNAs in the state of Maine as director of CRNA services at Maine Medical Center. And due to the expansion in our group, he's been on a bit of a hiring frenzy lately, and has taken applicants from all over the nation with a true variety of backgrounds. John, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate you asking me to participate in this. Awesome. Well, so I want to address both my friends' questions from a few different angles, so let's get to it. What do you think is important on a CV, and what things work on a CV, what things are kind of superfluous, don't really work? So I think that um, that's a great question, because what's really key for me is keeping it short, but full of quality info at the same time that uh, really speaks to you as a, as a whole, as an individual. We've seen CVs that have listings of four pages of poster presentations that you've given as an RN and, and at other points in your life. But these are great things to have, but maybe not relevant to your first anesthesia job if you're an SRNA. And if, when you write a cover letter, try a adding things that make it personal to the institution. Um, if you could do some research on the facility that you're applying for, just so it doesn't look like it's a blanket cover letter that you've blasted out to 15 different right. institutions. I think that things that you want to avoid mentioning too in, in a cover letter are statements like, I'm willing to relocate anywhere into the, in the United States, uh, just because that, that shows that you're just casting a wide net and maybe shows that you're not as interested in this facility and, and really didn't hmm. take the time to look into that, I guess. Right. When you talk about references, you know, most most folks won't list a reference that would say anything negative about them. Sure. So the validity of checking references is really kind of um, going by the wayside in, in the corporate world. I've found that more of the important things that we like to look at are contacts that we've developed throughout the country that know different institutions, different um, programs, and really can find out a lot more valuable information by reaching out to those contacts individually. So you're talking about like uh, actual program directors or professors or CRNAs that may work with a particular program that might know the student through those avenues. Exactly. Exactly. Like you may know somebody uh, who's two years behind you in class or know them through another facility and that would be someone that we could reach out to or you maybe maybe could find that information out for us that really um, lets you know the real deal, I guess. It, it, It feels more real to me. Right. Another thing that I would mention is when you list your references, make sure you have your program director listed or assistant director. If you're an SRNA, if you are a um, current CRNA, it's really important to have your current supervisor listed on Correct. there. It's a red flag when I see that someone didn't list a, you know, a direct uh, supervisor on top of that. So right. I've seen it things from significant others listed as references to bosses from six jobs ago listed. So right. those things don't leave you with a good feeling when you're, when you're looking <laughs> at the... 
So, so of course, the basic things, name, contact info, education, work experience, uh, applicable certifications, that kind of stuff, the obligatory reference list, but basically the, the core information is what you're looking for. Exactly, yeah. And even if you have um, – when you're listing your work experience, one of the things that's really nice is just rather than the dates of service and the facility, maybe adding a little you know blurb about what your role was and what some of the – you know. Uh, the size of the institution, just some basic inf- background information on that facility, so that it just in a in a you know two or three sentences kind of gives me an idea or us as the interview panel what you have for experiences. Right. So a couple of interesting points from my own experience. When I came through the interview experience here, I asked for feedback at the end of the interview, which I would encourage folks to do. You can learn a lot about how things went uh, by doing that. One of the pieces of feedback that I got, I had always heard in building resumes or CVs was to include at least 10 years of work experience. You know, I had five years as an ICU nurse, worked as an EMT prior to that, but stretching back into the 10 year range, I was working as a barista at a coffee shop. And that was one, in, along with a number of other jobs. And so that was one of the pieces of feedback that I got was that that kind of work experience, while maybe great at the time, really isn't relevant to working as a CRNA. So they're looking more just for, you know, what's your healthcare experience been? Exactly. And that's a great point, John, because, you know, on that same point, while we're using you as an example, uh, <laughs> we'll pick apart your resume you for go. the for the sense of this podcast. But, you know, one of the things that, like you said, the barista, maybe that doesn't, that was superfluous information that really didn't add value to your resume and what you had to offer to our facility and, and this position. But there are some things that are worth adding that maybe are do seem a little old or out of date, um, such as you had put down you're very involved in Knowles with the National Outdoor Leadership. That shows a lot of great characteristics that we any employer would like in, in an employee. And I think that even though that stuff may be you know seven, eight, nine years old, that's really important stuff to put on because that just shows more of an insight into who you are as a person. Yeah. Now, I've heard from other SRNAs, and this was a bit of a concern of ours coming out of school. What would you say to folks, you know, SRNAs are looking to differentiate themselves uh, as far as their background and experience, but I mean, you're graduating SRNA, your clinical experience has been limited to your program. Do you think it's relevant to talk about some of those clinical experiences that might differentiate an SRNA from another SRNA or is it pretty much, hey, I went to this program that's my anesthesia experience. Absolutely. I think that there's definitely, there are very big differences in, in quality of um, training throughout this, throughout the country. So I think that it's definitely valuable for you to um, try and, you know, point out those high points and selling points that you have from your facility and your training. And I've had people bring their Typhon numbers or whatever tracking number you may, right. you know, program you may use. That's really helpful information to see as a, as a, someone who's making the hiring decision to look at that. Great. So let's talk about how to promote oneself as a new grad a little bit more specifically. When and how should SRNAs start to contact prospective employers for interviews? So that's a great question because um, I get this a lot and it's it's a very fluid kind of thing, but I think that um, a lot of folks tend to go to HR first and contact an HR rep at the facility which maybe isn't the best bet. I would say that you have more success trying to find a contact or um, maybe you know a friend or a colleague or someone that graduated from your program two years before you that maybe works at this facility or try and find any any contact you have that yeah. ties you into that facility and find out the, the name of the hiring manager, whether it's the, you know, uh, if it's an anesthesia group or if it's a, if it's a CRNA practice like we are here at the uh, through Maine Medical Center, find my number, find my email, 
um, shoot me an email. And I find this very valuable when people reach out, even if it is early, just to put their name out there and to um, have me on, you know, put their name on the radar a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'll have people that reach out to me a year and a half from graduation. I'm very upfront that we're not looking to hire or secure a spot that far out, but I will have the conversation, explain more of what our facility and practice is like, and keep any kind of CV or cover letter or any kind of information that they send me and keep it in the file. And I remember those things. And those are the kind of things that if you had spoken to someone in HR, they may take your information, but it may not reach me. So um, you're better off having that direct conversation and, um, and then just keeping in touch. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had this work positively and negatively for people as well. I've had folks that have reached out a year, year and a half ahead of graduation. And I say, all right, give me four or five months, reach back out again, and we'll um, set up an interview. Yeah. That works out great. And I would say, follow those instructions. You know, if, if it's, if they say wait three, four or five months, wait four months and, and reach out. Um, I've had people that the next week said, so are we ready to set up an interview yet? And that can be a little bit, uh, that can be a little too much, you know, especially, aggressive. yeah, if you're yeah, a little aggressive. Um, and so, and that can be a little turning off, I guess. So it's a, a fine line, but I would say ne- never be hesitant to reach out to anybody. Um, but uh, do so in just a, in that kind of manner, I guess. Yeah. You think it's reasonable to reach out even if there's not a current job posting either Absolutely. Through, the, through the hospital or gas works or something like that? Absolutely. Even if you don't see a posting, please reach out because it's a fluid thing. And, and you know, staffing is always fluid and very few places um, go years without posting positions, especially once you get, you know, we have uh, over 70 CRNAs here. And um, I feel like we'll always be on a hiring mode, whether we're new sites of service or someone retiring or relocating to another uh, facility. Great. I think it goes without saying that, uh, you know, obviously along that line that directors and managers and chief CRNAs, you know what's coming down the pipe as far as someone planning to retire, someone planning to move, but you haven't quite posted for that position yet. You know if you're going to have positions available that may not out exactly you should have a long range view of at least a year out of where you expect your right. you know staffing to go but you never know some of the you know last you know last minute people leaving or you know moving on to another facility or uh in our case we were just approved for four ftes that we weren't expecting that would go through the budget process but yeah all of a sudden we had more openings you know that's great yeah that's great so john uh, what are you looking for when it comes down to an interview what are you looking for from people in an interview so i think that you know even though the corny saying dress to success is is uh you know out there i think it's very true and that you do need to show up prepared um dressing for the part and looking like you want this professional position um you need to be confident but not cocky in your approach I value someone who's aware of their own limitations and can speak to those just based on their training or what they've had for past experiences. Also, someone who comes prepared to ask me some questions and has thoughtful questions that show that they've actually researched the facility in in their research for this position. Another thing, too, is that while compensation and pay are very important, a lot of those are HR kind of questions, and a lot of hiring managers don't really have a a ton of say as as a director as far as changing a lot of that stuff. So I, I, I value folks who look for a job due to case types, uh, physical location, looking for professional growth, looking for challenge in cases. Those are the really things that, that speak to me, I think, when, when those kind of things come up in an interview. Right. 
So do you think it's acceptable for folks to ask in an interview what the compensation package will be? Absolutely. I okay. think that that is ve- you, you need to know that stuff. It's a very important part of the job. But I think that it, um, you do have to understand that a lot of hiring managers don't have a whole lot of say in setting their starting salary, especially for new grads. We have a... Right. A step program and the starting salary is the starting salary and there's really no negotiating around that for the most part. But I do think it's valuable to understand the total compensation package of what you're going to have. And please ask those questions. This is not to defer those kind of questions, but I think rather um, if if those are only the only questions you're asking, I guess. Right. That, Maybe not make that the central the theme sen- of your interview. Correct. Yeah. To, to talk about those other things, case types, challenges, career growth, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Right? But it's acceptable to find out. Absolutely. What are we talking about here? What's the of course getting? you need to know that stuff. Right. So, would you say that nationally that that's a trend that there's not a lot of wiggle room in today's market for SRNAs? You think it's true true for CRNAs to to be able to negotiate a compensation package? You think these are pretty much set from an HR perspective or? I, th- I think that nationally, um, from folks that I have as friends that are chief CRNAs, other places, a lot of folks have a starting salary for a student nurse anesthetist, yeah. and that really isn't doesn't have a lot of negotiating power with it. Of course, if you have experience, then that brings a whole different uh, – that's a different game as far as being able to negotiate right. salary and, si- and that kind of stuff. Um, but that being said, the climate nationally, you know, we're facing – Further cuts in reimbursement, bundled pay systems, ACOs. There's so many things that are threatening our reimbursement. Hospitals are are you know concerned about this and um, how much they can you know pull out of a CRNA as far as the financial aspects go. Right. So I, I think that you'll see that right now there's there's not a it's not like it was maybe seven or eight years ago where where facilities were you know increasing their pay on a almost monthly basis to try right. and attract right. and retain talent. Right. That's a good point. Going back to something you said just a moment ago, you talked about the value of CRNAs or, or applicants asking questions about a group in an interview. What mm-hmm. kinds of questions do you think uh, SRNAs or CRNAs should be asking about a group? Well, I think that there are some really important things that you want to get out of an interview. And I think that um, when you're at a facility interviewing, you're as much interviewing that facility as they are interviewing you. And that's a really important take-home piece to, to remember because – you need to be aware of the surroundings. It's easy to be overwhelmed during an interview and just kind of glaze over and shut down after you've heard the you know the second hour of questions and, and people explaining the position. But really getting to ask those questions about group dynamics and then observing them for yourself if you can and um, hopefully go into some OR. We, we send all of our interview candidates off into the OR and spend a few minutes with several different CRNAs to to try and just pick their brains and ask them questions about uh, the facility, the practice, um, so you're not hearing it all from people in administration. And, and I think I don't know if everywhere actually does that, but I, I would certainly say that that's an important aspect from the applicant standpoint uh, to be sure that they assure and arrange for ahead of time to get into an OR. Absolutely, because you really get the real deal there when you when you don't have a leader or manager around and you're sitting right. with a group of CRNAs, whether it be their break room or in, in some established luncheon during the interview day. That's when you really can see the the real feel of of what the um, hospitals like and right. facilities right. like, and I think when I mentioned group dynamics, uh, I mean that in in the broad sense, and not just amongst the CRNA group. I mean how um, the CRNAs interact with the OR staff, the surgeons, the MD anesthesiologists, um, mm-hmm. or if you're in a CRNA only practice, how um, 
just with overall all of the staff members and, right. and you know, other physicians. So I think that's that's really important. Another thing that I think that when you're looking in the at the whole group, considering the total compensation package versus just the starting salary, I know that that's right. a big uh, pitfall that I see with SRNAs. It's all, um, and I don't mean this as a as a negative, but it just seems to be a resounding theme that people look at. This is my X dollars I'll make for 40 hours a week, and yeah. that's what I'm going off of. Versus looking at you know how much is funded to retirement, how much you know is your liability insurance, malpractice insurance paid for, right? Um, short-term, long-term disability, any other kind of benefits that Vacation, come along, education, exactly, all that kind of stuff. It's a huge package. It's right. a huge, it's a huge uh, lumped. Right. Thing, so. I think that is something that is surprising is that the valuation of your package is not the dollar amount of your salary. Correct. It's, it's usually substantially higher than that dollar amount. But you don't immediately see that. And I think I think that's that's a bit of a learning curve for SRNAs to realize because they're taking their first CRNA job. They're just coming into this field. Exactly. So to think to think beyond just what that dollar figure is. Right. What things do you think SRNAs or, or CRNAs should avoid doing or asking in an interview? Well, I guess I'm, maybe I'm old fashioned. I like I like a good handshake. I like <laughs> eye contact. Uh, I know that's kind of silly, but I, it's valuable. I think that someone right. that that you know it shows that you are comfortable in your skin, and you're you know you're also um, putting yourself out there as the real you. And I think be truthful about your experiences and with your your level of education. Um, from my standpoint, the two biggest things I look for when hiring uh, someone are their attitude and their motivation level. Yeah. I, I really could care less about your technical skills because that's exactly what they are. It's a skill that you can train and be and, and improve on. So you can't change someone's attitude a lot of times or their motivation to learn. So I find that um, if you've come from a program that maybe lacked some pediatric experience, be honest about that because we want to train you and invest that time into you. Yeah. But show that you're motivated to learn those kind of things. Right. I think that's a that's a huge thing. Yeah, that's um, great. So what do you think is a reasonable time frame for folks to follow up on how an interview went? We, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but uh, if that hasn't been said from the management team, hey, follow up in, a, in four or five months or a month or whatever, if that hasn't already been discussed, when do you think an applicant should get back in touch with a prospective employer? So I think most of the time that should have been discussed with you, I think, as far as um I know that from personally, whenever I've interviewed somebody or, or leading into an interview, we, we have a lot of uh, email conversation or phone chats about the facility, making sure we're kind of bringing in the right people to begin right. with into the interview. Um, I try not to tech uh, references too far in advance or really before an interview because uh, a lot of folks, especially experienced CRNAs, they may not want their employer knowing that they're looking right. for a position and they may not think know if this is a, a fit for them or not. So. But I do think that once you've finished the interview, if, if this wasn't explained to you, it might be something worthwhile to ask to say, when should I expect to hear back from you? Um, yeah. How long do you think it will take for you to check your references and have a decision for me? Those are completely appropriate questions right. to ask. Um, and if, if you leave the interview and you haven't asked that, don't be afraid to ask follow-up questions. You, have, you should have the contact information of the hiring manager. And that just shows that you've... Uh, been thinking about it after you left and, and maybe you come up with these questions or one or two things that, that hit you as you're trying to go to bed that night. That's when I have a lot of things pop into my brain, I right. know. Sure. But um, it's worthwhile to, to reach out and, and follow up on those things. But I would say um, if it's been a week since you've had an interview and nobody's responded to you, definitely reach out again. Great, great. Because there may have been a miscommunication. I've had this happen where 
an email went to a junk folder and missed them. And I thought they weren't interested and they were. And talking on that, this this just brought up a a story that's kind of a little off topic from that question. But one of the things that that has stuck with me, I had a... um, a CRNA who just started with us about a month ago, who interviewed six six months or so ago. And after our interview, about three days later, I received a, a handwritten card in the mail from her thanking me for the time to go forward with the interview. Those It was a really little thing and probably took her, you know, a minute or two to write the, thing, write the letter and throw right. it in the mail. But it meant a lot. And yeah. I still have it in my desk. I've saved it. And it's just something that touched me a little bit in the sense that, you know... Um, showed the value in, in, you know, the time that we put forward to have the interview and just really brought that person up that much more in my eyes. So that's a little something you could do there that you go. it can't hurt. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Throwing the tips out. I think in the, in, in the world of emails and electronic communication, a handwritten letter to anybody, I mean, write a letter to your grandmother, write a letter to your mother, but for sure, if you can you know, tag in a, a, a thank you note, a handwritten thank you note to a prospective employer for an interview, it's going to stick out because people means just don't lot. do those things anymore. Exactly. Right. That's great. Absolutely. So what other ways can, can SRNAs or CRNAs promote themselves when looking for jobs? Well, I think I kind of touched on, I tried to touch on that a little earlier, and I think that it's especially true with larger groups in the sense that try and make a connection with someone that you know or someone that knows you or, you know, the seven degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon, whatever. Find that find that connection that you have to that facility you're applying to. Our community is surprisingly small, anesthesia in general, and I'm sure that every one of you have some connection somewhere, whether you know it or not. So bringing that forward really promotes you in the sense that it, it makes you uh, it brings it a more of a personal right. touch to the position um, I found that asking around uh, you know as a student it, it, there was no harm in saying I was looking elsewhere for a job than where I was doing clinical right. um, so people that I trusted people that I respected I began to share uh, you know and ask hey I'm looking at uh, Maine Medical Center I'm looking at this other hospital do you know of anyone who's worked up there? Um, and and as as I began to mention that to preceptors, um, clinical faculty, uh, I was surprised. I didn't know this beforehand, but one of the anesthesiologists had done his residency here. Another CRNA and her husband was an anesthesiologist. They were both on staff here. I would have never known that or had that insight, both from a perspective of, you know, what's the town like? What's the hospital like? I got to ask my own questions, right. but also just to make that connection and to bring that up, uh, you know, during interviews or, or, or at least even as a staff here. I mean, there's people that remember those folks and it's a conversation piece, but I would have never known that had I not begun to talk about that prior to interviewing. Absolutely. Yeah. So there, there may be connections out there that you may not be aware of. So any advice that you have uh, would be willing to give for SRNAs who are trying to prioritize all those things that are important aspects of various jobs. You know, how do you, how, how, how would, what would you say to SRNAs who are trying to think about, you know, where do I want to work? What kind of group do I want to work in? Uh, you know, f- taking that first job out of school, what would your advice be to SRNAs who are, who are trying to evaluate the best job for them? Well, that's great. I mean, there, there's a, a lot to consider too. I think that, you know, we've touched on some of this stuff in the interview, but like you said, you know, you've got 
different pay rates, uh, different uh, autonomy or supervision structures, um, how, how large the facility is that you want to be in, what type of, types of uh, cases you're going to get, you know, things like physical location, you, you can't change that kind of stuff, but it does come, it plays into your decision making. So I would suggest doing a very simple task of sitting down with, um, and definitely including your family, significant others, whoever you have that it, it's important to you and that you trust in your decision-making and your social network to sit down and make a simple pro-con list and really look at all of the things. Look at everything you can possibly run through, including, you know, everything that matters to you. If if where you live doesn't matter, don't include it on the list. But, you know, if if pay, you kind of don't really care or you're really more interested in an autonomous practice, rank that higher on your list and and really sit down and, and, and go through that. Put some time into it because... This is where you're going to be spending a lot of time. Right. Don't be afraid to ask the follow-up questions like I mentioned earlier to reach out to um, your connections that you may have at that institution or to that chief CRNA and ask the questions that you have. Don't don't make a decision on an assumption that you think this is the way something is set up. Right, right. Make sure you have that. Look at turnover rates for the departments or number of open positions. Um, That may tell you a lot that you're not going to pick up on maybe at an interview or, uh, but it tells a lot about the facility and the practice, I think. Yeah. Um, Would you say it's uh, fair as far as a piece of advice to say that, you know, careers are long and careers are varied. And so I think with any job, there may be some degree of trade-offs. You, know, mm-hmm. you may not find, you know, you've ranked your priorities of what's important. You may not find everything exactly lining up how you want to, but maybe there's some degree of trade-off or compromise that, uh, that's acceptable. Absolutely. And I think that that's why when you make this pro con list, rank the things in order of what you find most important. If being able to place regional blocks are high on your list, then don't settle for a place that you can't do that in. Yeah. Um, you know, you may have some things that are deal breakers. You may say that, you know, for you, pay may be the, the biggest thing for you and you don't care about your practice. So, um, I guess everybody's different. Everyone's motivation is different. Um, and just go on what, what you value in your life. Excellent. Any thoughts on couples who are applying together, CRNA couples who are in the job market together? You're trying to trick me on this one, aren't you? Well, it is applicable to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Both my wife and, and I are both CRNAs. Uh, and so that, that was certainly important for us in, in looking for job. And we had talked to a lot of people. But do you have, do you have any insights on that for folks that are working together? So. Um, I hadn't really thought of it a lot before we brought you guys up to interview. We haven't had it. We don't have another couple in this in our department, but um, we do have a, a husband and wife anesthesiologist that works for the the medical group that that contracts to our hospital. But I would say that I've had no concerns, and it never was a never was a concern of mine at all when I knew you two were applying. I think that you definitely need to be upfront and honest that you are a couple. I mean, I've heard of. Um, instances in the past where people have applied and had different last names and just kind of hid that from the employer, that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. That's going to end up bad for you in the end. So, um, be honest and upfront about it. Um, and if they're, if, if the employer is saying that they have a problem with it, find out what, what the issue is. Um, I think from my standpoint, the only concern I have on couples working together would be if they had a direct reporting relationship to one another. So, you know, I wouldn't want you to be, um, the chief CRNA and then having Kristen be your direct report where you would do her, sure. be in charge of her performance sure. review. She would she would clearly uh, much more likely be the chief CRNA. Okay, right. I okay, would be reporting to. Yeah. But, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's all. That's all great advice. And I had heard the same thing from CRNAs that were shy about expressing the fact that they were in a relationship with one another when applying for jobs. And I, I don't know how you can really hide that. I mean, you're joining a group, you're looking for a job together. Uh, so I think that it's going to come out at some point. Why not just be open and upfront? That way, you know, it was important for us. We wanted to know, are we going to fit in with this group? And, and we knew it was a priority for us um, clearly to work at least within the same region as one another. We, it wasn't the, you know, on our prioritization list of looking for a job, it wasn't top that we had to work at the same place. So we, we looked around regionally in mm-hmm. Maine at, at different institutions, but it was important for us when we interviewed here, and it, and it will be in the future if we were to look elsewhere, you know, are we going to fit in here as a couple? Because that's important to us. And so it worked out great in our experience, and I think I would encourage other couples to be upfront and honest about the same thing. So turning it back on you, what, what would you do differently? Is there anything that you would do differently from, from my standpoint as a hiring manager upon your interview? I know that we separated you guys and each did a, an hour of questioning separately during the interview to really individualize you as separate people. Yeah, so it, so it was interesting. Just so folks that are listening know, John invited both of us to interview on the same day. So we, we both came in. We, we sat down together with John and, and some of the other folks that were interviewing us and, and talked through things. And then each had our separate times to, to interview individually. I think overall it went really well. And... I definitely appreciate it. If there's other chief CRNAs out there that are listening, it was really nice to be able to come and sit down together and have that conversation openly with the management team and make sure that it was going to be a good fit. So, so thank you for all of that. Absolutely. So anything else that you want to throw out there for SRNAs or CRNAs when you think about tips for the job hunt um, from CVs to applying to interviews? I guess I would say, um, some advice that I would give it, don't let money be your guide. Um, look at the total compensation package. Remember that as a student, I, I just remember being in those shoes and looking at some packages and seeing, you know, once one starting salary was maybe $5,000 a year higher than another. But that can sway your decision as a student with looking down at 150000 plus in student loans and maybe some credit card debt on top of that. But it's really peanuts in the grand scheme scheme of things. So try and keep that in mind, even though it's difficult to do yeah. at the time. I think another piece is have fun. We have a great profession and we have a great lifestyle. Very lucky to do the what we do for a living and keep always keep that in mind that how fortunate we are in this profession. And then finally, I think I would say, listen to your gut. It's taking you very far in life already to this interview and um, don't repress what it's telling you as, uh, as you're in that interview. So That's awesome. Great. Words of wisdom from John Bradstreet. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Great. It's been a pleasure.